1: tuned into to oh D.A.R. God. Sports Media, where we're gonna go the fuck up for Sting in his last weekend out there on the wrestling scene. Will be dearly missed. Huge impact on my childhood. Huge impact on True's childhood. True was a, was a backstage uh, First Mariner Arena uh Inner Harbor kid, and man, WCW,
0: especially <laughs> yes, back so in the me. 90s, early
1: 80s, used to be in that place all the time. So many big events and big things have happened there. Isn't that where Sting won his first belt, right? I believe so. Great, Amer- yeah. Great American yeah. Bash. Yeah, Great yeah. American Bash, yeah. Um, So much respect for Sting. Nobody you ever talked to ever has anything bad to say about him. A man of integrity, a man who does things right, which, as we certainly on this pod have learned is such a rare quality in this business. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And what's funny about it, you know, is you think so many, you see so many people and this is where you get some of the disingenuous nature of the business, man. You know, you get so many people who are like, Oh, he didn't really love the business. He prioritized his family over this and that. And he didn't, well, guess who the fuck is still here? In his sixties, jumping off of fucking balconies and shit, fucking yep. Sting clearly don't got to make no more money. Doesn't got to He's still here doing everything he can. Came back after paralysis, risking paralysis. But Man. you got people out there who are shit bags who got feel like they got something to say for Sting's love for the game. He Great. did it the right
2: way absolutely what, the right what way. this is what people don't get is wrestling is a business people love it because we grew up watching it and you want to be in it sting was a bodybuilder who became a professional wrestler and he was so good at it he just instantly took off once he got the opportunity i think he was in the uwf back in the day with like him and ultimate warrior i think is where they started in yep, uh and 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 wow, I'm surprised I remember that. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't look that up there. I just remembered off the top of my head. And so seeing Sting go from that to being what he was in the NWA slash WCW, he he like he had every opportunity to crash out. Like a lot of wrestlers in his position, uh, go through a lot of different issues. And I'm sure he's gone through his fair share of issues, which he's talked about before in the past oh, too. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. It's and, it's very uh, pretty prolific in that 97, 98 time frame. Nobody will because everybody loves Sting so much that they don't, you know, nobody's ever really elaborated in detail what the but deal also, is. Why he also won you... the belt from Hogan in the Starcade and then said Mama <laughs> <laughs> <It's> the camera. <laughs> Nobody has ever elaborated on what exactly the deal was there. So there has been An issues. Issue. But yeah. as you say, doing things right, the man said that he stayed with WCW so he could still see his kids and be with his family um so he was able to have his family life and then still have there's nobody our age there's nobody in numerous ages that will say that sting didn't have a huge impact on their childhood on their young adult life don't seem as a legend so he was able to have both
2: the great the biggest storyline the biggest storyline in wcw history is literally wrestling history argument wrestling history is based around Sting's character change in the NWO and the Hogan and Sting thing. And then what ends up happening after that, of course, they ruined it at Starcade. Starcade completely killed it off. Because it wasn't, there weren't much legs left on it. But at the same time, there were still some legs left on Sting and what he could do. And I think they completely messed it up. And then, of course, you know, his his own stuff going on too. And then there's Hogan, who, you know, up until the night of Starrcade, I'm, I'm on board, brother, and then it, it ain't gonna go work for me, brother. So there's so many things that that did go into that, but before that, coming down from the rafters, sitting up in the rafters, watching everything. Uncensored 1997, to me is one of the greatest moments in the history of professional wrestling, not just WCW. Look at that crowd when Sting is is hitting Scott Hall and he's going after Nash, you gonna like when he points the bat at Hogan. That is a seminal <laughs> moment in every, in everybody's childhood. It's like, yo, like... When Sting he rescued is, DDP at Great American Badge. It's just... And, that and like, the crowd loved, loved Sting. And this is a guy who... He didn't wear his own merchandise, which that, I think that might have been a missed opportunity a little bit because Sting was coming out there in a trench coat. If they sold WCW trench coats with Sting... I, that probably wasn't a good idea in the 90s, But no, no, (laughs) not a good idea in the nineties. But it's just he had so much earning potential. WCW didn't capitalize on it in the right way. What guy do you know doesn't wrestle for a year and a half and becomes the biggest star in in professional wrestling? It's never been done before. Never been done, and I don't think it'll ever be done again. You not to wrestle for a year and a half, still be on the program and become the big like. Usually there's like, hey, CM Punk's back. CM Punk, you know, CM Punk's back, or CM Punk was growing. If CM Punk had to not wrestle for a year and a half, I'm sure he'd still be interesting. But eventually you'd want him to wrestle. It's like you have if you you have a superstar, and it's like, man, Sting hasn't wrestled at Great American Bash, Fall Brawl, uh, Halloween Havoc, he hasn't wrestled at any of these things. And every time he, sh- and he and then to make it make it funnier, he didn't show up all the time. <laughs> like, I don't think people remember that in 97, there were weeks that Sting was not there on Nitro or a pay-per-view. He didn't come out and always beat up the NWO, not every single time. So to have that mystique, to have that character, to have that type of impact on wrestling and the biggest boom period, because when we talk about the Attitude Era, sure, that era does not exist without the NWO Sting storyline because they forced Vince's hand to go with what was working and what was hot against what Vince really wanted initially. So Sting and, and Sting's storyline honestly changed the trajectory of professional wrestling. And I think people don't think about that enough because we give the credit to WWF, Austin, Vince. And the NWO was selling out arenas week after week Crowds were throwing shit in the ring. Crowds were going bananas, ape shit. Now, I'm going to ask you, Eric, because you and I both grew up watching the same stuff. And WCW prior to that and WWF prior to that storyline were the crowds as rabid, as excited as they were before that. Fuck no. What? No. Man, it
1: all started at Hogan's turn. That's that's at Bash at the Beach '96. is where you first saw it, um, and then continuing on uh, between Austin and this, it was the hottest crowds have ever been. The realest shit has ever gotten, and yes. you know, I I'm we're both I think because we're both similar age, uh, very thankful because we were the perfect target age mm-hmm. for all of this. 10, 11, 12, 13. Like Hmm. this was this was the the shit when we were when we were were that age. The entire NWO angle, the whole, the whole deal. Um Yeah. They used to go too
2: sweet in the hallway. They used to do two sweet. Of course, of course. Loved it. And I think I think the thing is like Sting has always made whatever he did cool. Which is which is so that's so rare to do in professional wrestling. To where Sting was in the Wolfpack, and I was like, "Yo, Sting, the coolest motherfucker alive! <laughs> like, like, he's the coolest dude. Like, he coming out there. First of all, he had my my favorite colors on, and then he's also going out there and he's doing the too sweet. But it's like he was cool, and he yeah. had like the like, his hair was like extra long dude. Yeah, and so hell beautiful. yeah. And, like, it, it's the, just the look. And he comes out there, had the hoop bearing
1: and shit. Where's Cam? Get him on here. <laughs> <laughs> Was, <laughs> the, hoop like, hearing, the hoop hearing expert had the hoop earring in. Oh hell yeah. It was it was just
2: so cool. And it was like you had never seen Sting. You it, it was like a it was a complete 180, right? Sting was was mute basically, quiet for an entire year and a half. And yeah, then, and then he had fucking sauce, then he had swag and he, connector yeah. And he, and he couldn't shut up, which I loved about it <laughs> he was talking cash shit every time with the nwo and i was like this is great this man has not talked for almost two years <laughs> and cut a promo like that and here he is and he's been having fun he's enjoying it and well that's another I, great I, thing that i think to, to bring up about sting
1: you know is, is people uh people praise like the undertaker so much for reinventions for uh, uh evolution of character for changing things up being able to stay relevant um there's other wrestlers people we don't speak of um who same thing for a mm-hmm. long time got praise on it before they destroyed their name um Sting I think is right up there right up there in in the most overtime character evolution that you can you can point to you had the surfer you had superhero surfer then a complete extreme and that's the thing too I think maybe it's the most for Sting it's the most impressive Because you couldn't have taken Sting and then decided, okay, what's the extreme opposite of this? A character that was already a top 25 all time wrestler character in Surfer Sting, especially Superhero Surfer Swing from 93, 94, 95. You couldn't have taken, you know, he was already there, like, right? And then you could say, what's the exact extreme opposite of this? Do it. And then he got more fucking popular. It was in something – in, and then it was involved in something that was even bigger than what he had done. Then to go from that to another evolution, which was Swaggy Wolfpack Sting, which, again, was a baby face. He was talking, but he was still a completely different character than the old superhero surfer Sting
2: because mm-hmm.
1: – now it had a little bit of uh, seasoning added to it, for lack of a better. You know, he was out there with uh, Nash and Luger and everybody's wearing Fubu and uh, they got the, the rap music and and you know it was another complete... It's funny because
2: Conan looks I mean uh, Conan was there too. I think Conan was yes. kind of the one who gave, gave them the gave them a bit of the extra flavor, which is hilarious because he's a he's a dweed now. But um it, it's like Luger used to look out of place to me in the Wolf Pack. And that's how I oh, the tell comments, yeah. That's the contrast of Sting, right? And Luger. Is Luger looks so out of place, but Sting fit right in. I think Sting fit seamlessly in. And that's adaptability, right? You just know how to adapt to what you're given. And uh, say Wolfpack Sting, love Wolfpack Sting. Uh, I still say to this day, a big shout out. Has to go to the man who gave Sting the idea, I believe, to become the Crow, Sting. Scott Hall was Scott the one Hall. who, yep. Scott Hall, It's man, a really quick, Scott Hall is a fucking genius, man, like, he was, a, because he always came with these ideas that were great, but he would do it in, like, ah, nobody cares, like, <laughs> just, a, yeah. you know, here's an idea. Well,
1: and it was always uh, for everybody else, too. Yeah, he
2: had Scott a vision, I, a fucking
1: man, I would have, man, I would love to see This you. year, we should do it, we should do a, a whole Scott Hall episode, get, get Cam on here, because he loves Scott Hall. Um, no, not for sure. No man. Being I, Scott like, Hall, I, I share wish- a birthday. That's when fucking Gs are born. That's right. Um, <laughs> I, I,
2: and and I got to, I got to interview Scott Hall years ago, and I got actually got into a little beef with him online. I, oh yeah, ago. you told me about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was so fun because I was thinking it was serious, and you know, and everybody who knows me, <laughs> if we beefing, we beefing. And then I get a DM, and he's like, he's like, work these guys, bro. And I was like, what? (laughs) And I was like, oh, shit. And the next thing I know, we're interviewing him. And I'm like, yo, this is the coolest shit ever. Like, he showed up at WrestleK with his son, uh, Cody Hall. And I got to meet him and talk to him. And I wish I was the guy who took pictures because there's so many pictures I would have. And no, so we, you know, big kudos to Scott Hall for having that insight, having that vision to say, why don't you do this? Because who would have thought that, like, what brings your mind to being looking at a guy? Like, you're, you're already painting your face. What can we do to make different? Do the so crow. There's two,
1: there's a couple of different, there's two different stories I've heard. And it might have been, it might be two different parts of the same story. Right. So, one of the, <laughs> I, I guess there was somebody that has remained anonymous over the years. There was someone, a wrestler at WCW, who was hooking up with a lady that worked at WCW, Mm -hmm. and he Mm -hmm. used to paint his face like that when they would have sex. That was the story. And so so Scott Hall brings up the sting. He's like, man, if we're going to completely change it, he's like, I'm not telling you to ape Taker, but. You should ape taker, right, and then he says the way you could do it. You know how such and such likes to do up his face, like the crow when he f's such and such. Do a fucking crow thing, and then that's that's the story. I don't know. <laughs> there's probably, there's obviously more to the creative development process, but that's the story that I've heard um from people who know what it, they were talking about.
2: For one, it bothers me because. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many like. Why are you painting your like? I when you do that, yeah, so, yeah. you know. <laughs> hey, whatever I'm, you know, whatever floats your boat to find your love mode. I oh, That's fine. I'm kind of going, but still, the fact that that became the greatest character change in wrestling history. Like, I, like, there is no doubt to me that everything involved in the NWO involved two of the greatest character changes in the history of professional wrestling one sting two although we do not like this man or condone this man here hollywood hawk hogan in the prime of wcw was a monster heel and sting became a monster face it was the perfect storm who could stop hogan the one guy that he hadn't really faced or feuded with that you don't get that in professional wrestling anymore because everybody's always on TV. Everybody's always around. Everybody wrestles. There's there's no element of the sting character change to where it's like, "Oh, snap. We've watched Sting for 10 years and he's been this way. Mostly that like even when he was like surfer guy but then he became the superhero style the superhero was just like a better extension of the surfer, right? So yeah. <clears throat> you, you know powered up you, version of the surfer. Yeah, you know, and then it's like, wow, like, man. And then like always, always liking it to when when Sting changed his hair color in 90, I think it was 95-ish, early 96, and he started growing it out. I used to always wonder what was what was the motivation there? I wish I wish I could ask Sting. Uh, what was the motivation there? Because even that was a character change in itself, right? You know, dyed his hair darker. He no longer blonde hair, Sting. He's growing his hair out. Like, when you look at him at uh, Bash at the Beach, that's, that's not, it's surface thing, but it's not, you know, it's not superhero Surfers thing completely. And you can see the character change already starting in the way he carried himself. He was not going out there being super happy with the crowd. There was a change happening. And I remember Bischoff, I think, said he was going to originally turn Sting. Instead of Hogan, well, they said and, they said
1: that Sting was the backup if Hogan yeah. decided to to
2: that doesn't work for me, brother. At the last second, well, well, I I watched was a biography, WWE yeah. biography, and the way Bischoff told it on there was Sting was at his initial first call, and then Hogan said, "Well, if you need somebody to turn, I'll do it." And then it became like, okay, well, Hogan doesn't show up, or Hogan doesn't do it, then Sting will do it. But I always wonder. Some, th- some, some things just work the way they're supposed to work, right? Life works how it's supposed to work, and Sting was not meant to turn. Because what if Sting did turn? What we would probably not got the greatest angle in WCW history, the greatest character chain. I like what was Sting as a as a heel. Would he have still been the same pro? Would you know? Like he was injured, he was hurt. So there's elements there, you know, where it's like, what happens? You know, what happens with Sting? You know, this and that, and that's also another thing. Sting went through a very tumultuous injury during that NWO situation, and he came back from that and wrestled another, what, 30 damn near 30 years? That's that, like, it's incredible. Everything Sting has done has been incredible. And I mean, talk about reinvention. He went to TNA, um, you know, a, a, a promotion that had very little big stars, and he was one of the first big 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 stars to really help push TNA and he stayed in TNA for a very long time. And I would I didn't watch TNA very often but when I did I always tuned in for Sting because I was like man I got to see my guy, you know I got to see my guy. And he went from being, you know, main event mafia, the Joker Sting, and I- he even reinvented himself there. And I just think the stuff that Sting has done through his career, uh, leading up to his AEW run, it's amazing. It, it's, it's, it's legendary, and dare I say this, I've always thought Sting was far from the Undertaker in the sense of I've always enjoyed Sting's character work better than I enjoy the Undertaker's character work. Because I felt like Sting had more dimensions to himself, and he was willing to to make himself look like a fool, willing to make himself look even crazy, whereas The Undertaker's always been in control of his character, right? There's never – like, how often do you see The Undertaker look weak as a character? It's very rare. Paul Bear was the only person that made him look weak. That was it. And so I always felt like The Sting and Undertaker debate, to me, I was always a Sting guy because – I was there for Undertaker's early gray gloves, purple gloves, great, great character work, fun, not so great everything else. And the, the legend of sting throughout the Vader years with the Flair years, um, you know, leading into this crow stuff, all, of, all those feuds he had with this dangerous Alliance. And uh, man, like he had so many moments. He had matches with Cactus Jack and, and Shit, like, like, he was he was killing it with everybody. And when we look back on what, you know, nowadays people talk about work rate and you know, how do you work, Sting to me was one of the guys who would go out there and work. He was a worker. Most of the best matches in early WCW, the late uh, 80s and early 90s, most of those go through Sting. <laughs> and, like, you're staying your flares and, uh, you know, your Vaders, your Cactus Jacks, those type of guys. It's just he—he—he's to me is the embodiment of what a legend should be. Longevity. He's outlasted a lot of his contemporaries, and most of them, really, all of them, honestly. Um, so to retire was he sixty-five? Um, sixty-something 60 something. to retire at sixty-five to go out on your own terms. Although I was not sold. <laughs> On the, on the way he, he is is going I was not sold on that. Still not quite sold on the story. But I'll tell you what, it was cool as shit to see Sting come down from the rafters one last Ooh. time. Ooh. I was scared as shit for him. Yeah, I was
1: <laughs> like, please don't let this happen on live TV. <laughs> yeah, but
2: but uh, no man, I I absolutely am just glad I got to see his career for the majority of it. You know, like that is our, like like, that's the sad part right now. Like we're seeing people as wrestlers, actors, musicians, they pass away and it's people from our childhood that we loved and we grew up listening to, watching. And, you know, for Sting to be able to go out on his own terms and it's not like, look, I'm gonna say it, it. It's not like a Ric Flair situation. It's not like the Hulk Hogan situation. It is a guy who went out there, took care of himself in his later years to where now he can go out there and put on amazing performances, go through tables and jump off shit and now walk away from it and say, hey, I did it this way and that's the way I was supposed to do it. And, you know, um, I don't know if I'll be watching Revolution myself uh, you'll see if the Discord brothers, <laughs> the Discord brothers, got a got a stream up. But I, I absolutely am looking forward to whatever Sting uh, ends up doing at Revolution with Darby Allen against the Young Bucks. I feel like it's gonna be a very overbooked match because it's gonna headline, and I know Sting loves he loves he loves a little drama in his matches, a little overbooking. But it's his last match. I'm all for it. Go all out. Don't put the Young Bucks over, please. That's all I ask. Mm. You can do anything else you want. He could jump off a two story, 10 story building to a table. Just don't put the Young Bucks over. I know he probably will. Just don't want another Young Bucks tag team title run. But otherwise, can't wait for Sting to get his last moment. And I mean, when you start a career, right, that's what you want to do. And I think for anybody who has retired from something or is going to retire from something, you want to look back at your your career, your run and be like, man, this is what we dream of getting to this point. And personally, I remember my mom retired from her job. And she just looked at me and she said, baby. I was sick of this shit years ago, but. I made it. I did it. Now I can sit back and, you know, collect the, the fruits of my of my labor, and kick my feet up. And for Sting, he didn't need to come to AEW. He didn't have to. He did, and I think he helped elevate the the thought of what AEW was when he showed up. Does and he because he he doesn't get a lot of credit for that, but people. Yo, Sting is an AEW. Oh shit. I didn't even know. You know, you know what's Sting been at? I ain't seen him since he lost to Triple H. I ain't seen him since he had lost to Seth Rollins. Which is like, ain't that bad too? Like the two high profile matches Sting had a WWE. He got like no wins. <laughs> like, no wins. No wins. He got tri- We got Triple H and Seth Rollins. We should have got Undertaker and my- anybody else. But we got. We got fucking uh, Triple H with the most overbooked win of all time that had the old ass DX and the N.W.L. I don't think we'll see that in this one. And I think that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. And I, I, like I said, I think the way Sting was in WWE, it never fit. He fits perfectly in AEW. He is the legitimizer of AEW, in my opinion. At least, at least now. At least now. Prior to it, there was other people, but he, to me, is a legitimizer for AW and um, yeah, man, I am I am very excited to see what Sting does at Revolution.
1: Uh, we, here on this spot, you know, we do, we do, we love our nostalgia, we love the match recs, we love taking people back. Um, so, a couple of them, I'll ask you your favorite Sting match uh, after I get done with my spiel. Um, And I've talked about this before on here multiple times. I think because I feel that strongly about it. You might know where I'm headed with this. Anybody who's listened to this before his last match, I'm I'm absolutely begging you, begging you to go look up Super Bowl, Super Brawl three, February 21st, 1993, white castle of fear, strap match, sting, Big Van Vader. It is the one of the most brutal things you will ever see, ever see. And this is, yes, back in 93 and still like kind of a PG show. And it's not, you know, all this crazy stuff we saw with the extreme wrestling. You just have to see it to understand. It's one of the most breathtakingly brutal matches you will ever see. It is so damn good. Staying at its absolute best. Also, the match that went triple platinum. Yeah. The match that went triple platinum in the streets. Uh, from, I believe it was, I got the date pulled up. It's from 1999. And a lot of people are going to know where I'm going with this as well. I absolutely think I know where you're going. Yeah. March, March 26th. 1999, or wait, 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 it's April, April 26th, 1999, mm-hmm. Staying against Diamond Dallas Page, Dallas Page on Monday Nitro, the best, I'm not trying to be misogynistic, this is just what people call it, the best match of the Exploding Vagina set Nitro era. Wow. Exploding. It is the best match of that era, bar none. One of the best Nitro matches of all time. Diamond Dallas Page sure. versus Sting, March 20, or April 26, 1999, <laughs> world championship match. Fucking phenomenal. Um, and it was another evolution of Sting, because when he went back and he had the Seek and Destroy and he had the white fake face paint back, but he still had his attitude back. He had the spatted wrestling boots, which you really never seen, taped up fingers, like different look for him again. Um, kind of a amalgamation of all of his characters put together in WCW. Fucking fantastic, true. What is your favorite <laughs> thing, match?
2: Well, you said you you said mine, man. The, the WCW Nitro match. That was like one of the last nitros I think I watched, <laughs> like as a kid before I was like, man, I got Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock on another show. I'm just watch that. Um, that match was great. Uh, it, it's it's one of those matches that it sneaks up on you, right? Because you didn't, I didn't. Ex- you don't expect to see a match. Where you're like yo that was cool as a kid you're like yo that was dope like that was dope as shit like yo that was a great match because wcw you didn't always get that in the main event scene you know what i mean like the main event scene yeah. was a little rough you had your you know even sid was out there sid vicious with the macho man gorgeous george and you had kevin nash go out there and nash you know much as i thought nash was the coolest guy ever back then he's stinking it up <clears throat> in the joint hogan and flair with david flair and Tori Wilson in the middle of all that shit. It was terrible. And then DDP comes in and then Sting comes in. And they just go out there and have a fucking banger. And that would be mine. Um, but my my favorite Sting match prior to that, because I was a big Sting fan growing up, was Vader and Sting at Starcade 92. Yeah. And it's funny, I like I wasn't watching wrestling. I had just started watching wrestling around that time. And I became a Sting fan because it was like WCW Saturday night, I think it was on TV at the time. We had WCW Worldwide, which used to come on uh, regular TV. You know, if you didn't have cable, you could watch WCW Worldwide. And, and I used to watch WCW Worldwide. And then I would go to Blockbuster. And Blockbuster always had the old WCW VHSs. And I remember I saw Starcade 92. And I was like, oh, I'm like, like, mom, I want to rent this. And I rent that and I went and watched it. And I was like, "This is, this is amazing," because Vader to me was just the guy at that time. I think when I rented it, that was beating up Hulk Hogan, right? Like like that was who was like '95 when I went back and watched it. So I was like, "Man, I'm like this Vader guy, man. He's pretty good. He beat up Hogan, beat up Sting." And I watched the match, and then later on, years passed. I'll go back and watch it again, and I'm like, "This is like Sting and Vader had fucking amazing chemistry. They had great chemistry." Like, they could almost do no wrong against each other. And I think Vader is one who does not get the credit that he deserves for being an amazing worker, being an amazing character, being just great. And Sting went in there, made him him look like a million bucks. He made Sting look like a million bucks. And that's what professional wrestling is. You go in there, you make each other look like a million bucks. You come out there having a great match and... You entertain the people, and I think that's a lost art sometimes in professional wrestling today. Because in certain cases, a lot of people just out there trying to get their shit off, and not how, and not worrying about how they make their opponent look, and not to be that guy who you know. But like, that's what I loved about old school wrestling is that the guys who are going to do business, you go out there. I want to make you look like a million bucks. I'm going to make you. Yes. And I think that's what Sting has tried to do. Even in AEW, he stood next to a guy who. Was you know I like I wasn't the biggest Darby Allen fan, but then putting him with Sting, it almost made me like, yo, like if Sting co-signs this dude, he sees something, and then it made a lot of other people do the same thing. And like I think he, Sting has always elevated who he's worked with. Um, he got caught in a little bit of a vortex with the NWO stuff because it's hard to elevate Hulk Hogan and Kevin Nash and those guys. But yeah,
1: but his involvement elevated the story to arguably the greatest story of all. Wrestling history.
2: Yeah. To me, it is. To me, there's, you know, there's, there's, you know, what's the word that the fans like to use? Cinema? Cinema, that thing they've been using for years now? That that
1: was cinema before that was was a thing.
2: Yeah. (laughs) That was cinema.
1: Well, we hope that there is some other cinema going on tomorrow night. Um, AEW Revolution. Absolutely loaded card. I feel like we come on here. Quite often. And we say, well, this is going bad in AEW. 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 But they have the chance to flip it all around soon. I feel like we say that all the time, that exact. In <laughs> uh, more ways than one, that's for sure. Phra- yeah, well, phraseology. Um, And we're there again. We got <laughs> the arrival of Will Ospreay the other night. We have Mercedes Monet on her way in soon. Um, We have Okada on his way in soon uh three huge additions and then a huge seems like it's going to be a fantastic card uh kicking off what you know it's called Absolutely. revolution and it is a little bit of a, a new era for AEW um with those three big names coming in and then this awesome card to kick off that next phase um we've kind of gone over the tag match this orange Cassidy Roderick Strong match oh my god I'm <sighs> That's
2: gonna be that's
1: gonna be a banger. I'm <laughs> that's expecting be a
2: banger.
1: uh to gasp many times during this <laughs> match. Um, yeah. highly looking forward to it. I strongly, strongly, I mean, everybody can see this coming, and I know you probably agree. Strongly feel that this is the time and get Roderick Strong this belt on him. Not just because we all need a break, including Orange Cassidy, in the use of his character. We need <laughs> we a break from this ready. Orange Cassidy run, but. You got, you got to start doing something with this, with this devil group. You have to, you absolutely have to, you have to start moving them into a direction where they get the spotlight and they start being successful. This is the first step right here. It gotta be,
2: it gotta be Roderick strong, right? Yeah. Um, I think Roderick strong went from, you know, being the Adam guy to, He's a really good fucking professional wrestler. And I think we've known this for decades now. And it's like, Orange Cassidy is great too. Like, make no mistake about it. Orange Cassidy can go out there. He can, you know, he can go with the best of them. But in order to legitimize the, what was it, the Undisputed Kingdom? Is that what it's called? Uh, that's, what they, that's what they throw it around. To legitimize that, you need to do something major for this, you know, for this group. I don't think it gets any more major than putting the international championship on Roderick Strong. Yeah, because as as much as we're all kind of over it, it's still a very prolific title
1: reign in a in a hugely pushed wrestler. So it's still a big deal to end that reign and
2: beat him. And I I think what Roderick Strong provides is anytime you have a heel as a champion. I think you kind of allow yourself a little bit more leeway to elevate younger baby faces. So you need a heel. You need a heel who can go out there. Like it's Roderick Strong. He's like one of the, uh, you know, very prolific, well-known professional wrestlers who can go out there and he can have a great match with just about anybody. So if you want to elevate some guys up, put them in the ring with him. Um, And so Absolutely. Absolutely looking forward to seeing the match and absolutely looking forward to the end of Orange Cassidy's run. I think Orange Cassidy is such a good character that this has kind of like soiled his his, you know, because he used to be a, almost a special attraction. He used to be he's, he's a fucking yeah. huge deal for a lot of. People. I sh-
1: we shouldn't I shouldn't groan when he comes out. And that's yeah. where it's at at this point
2: and i think this has to do a lot of times with aw they tend to overpush some of their guys that that they like and they see something's working and they and they don't you know whereas i think on the flip side going down the card there is another match with a guy who needs to get more time and needs to also i think i think there needs to be new champions all around just about <clears throat> um except it's
1: called revolution
2: yeah, you know, time for some um, changes. So, you know, I think Roderick Strong went in, a Daniel Garcia went in. I think those are pivotal to furthering your brand. I think because when you think of the international championship, somebody like Roderick Strong almost fits that belt perfectly, right? Like, yeah, I think because he, he can work all these done. different
1: styles, you can bring yeah, all these like, in, it all the guys and have him rock against the the cmm cmll guys. Like there's a lot there that could
2: be done. There's so much there. So I think giving him that belt and then not to jump too far ahead in the car but there's a uh a match that i don't care to watch because it has somebody in it that i think we need to not have on pay-per-view but <clears throat> it's an all-star scramble match that was supposed to be Meat madness or Meat whatever and then they took miro and all the other people supposed to be in it out
1: which is so <laughs> aew like
2: yeah it's just... we're trying to be nice here Using probably, using
1: a joke that's been fucking dead for a year and a half and making a whole thing out of it. And just come on. I'll give
2: you I'll give you a hint as to whose idea that started off as. Yeah. Um yeah. Let us tell our stories. <laughs> that's why you let us tell stories. Look, all I'm saying is all-star scramble match, all-star is a stretch. Yeah, all-star Chris Jericho ain't no all-star. This is a stretch. Like, this is not a stretch, but I think Wardlow has to win that match, right? Wardlow is in that match. Wardlow has to win that match. Uh, Eric, you pointed out the other week, Wardlow cut a promo, uh, you know, solid promo, the way he needs to be presented. The winner gets a future AW World Championship title shot. So with that, if I look down the card and I look at Wardlow, powerhouse, probably not. Hook just got a title shot. Brian Cage, not gonna get title. Magnus, not gonna get a title shot. Um, Dante Martin, probably not gonna get a title shot. Wardlow makes the most sense. If they give it to Chris Jericho, though, I will punch my laptop screen. <laughs> I will throw my phone. I will take this TV. It's in here. Well, no, I won't because I have to pay for that. But no, <laughs> I will like in my mentally break everything I see <laughs> because what the fuck? No Chris Jericho. He doesn't even need to be in it. Like, why is he in it? There's so, like, not to not to bring this up. All-star scramble match. You know who'd be good since they got Dante Martin in there? I don't know. I mean, you can't bring Vakingo in there, right? So why not throw in, uh, why didn't you put Penta in that match? Why didn't you, you know, you could have get, I don't know, Commander, who has not been seen very often recently. Uh, uh, why, why, Roosh, hey. he said he's, he's healed up. That right there, like he's he's ready to go. Why not do that? I it just, I think the card itself did not need this match. This is the one match where I'm like, you're just Bro, trying to get in, a bunch of people on there. That's this
1: all. and uh, this and uh blackpool and combat club and, and FTR. FTR. Like, as much as I uh, like everybody this, that's involved, I don't know why that why that has to happen. I, I don't. It's very right because they didn't they just do it on TV. They, did not. Uh, yeah. They... Well, a, a format of I think it was a six man. But like, and I get you want to get FTR on there because they love the you know the old school wrestling. They're from the area. But then like, put them in the yeah. eight man with put them in the eight man with with a sting in them. Like, just go ahead and do it. You know what I'm saying? Make make, no. make it a sting Darby, and FTR against the elite or something like that. Like this, I don't know.
2: Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. It's
1: something. But nobody <laughs> ever gets mad at AEW shows for being short. So like.
2: Yeah, I, I think when you look at a card that would have just been Christian versus Daniel Garcia, Osprey versus Takeshita, Kingston versus Danielson again, which they've had multiple matches, and every time they have matched each other, it's fucking awesome. So I'm looking forward to that. You got Tony and Diana, uh, the Triple Threat for the for the world title, Orange Cassidy, Roderick Strong. You have Sting and Dog versus the Bucks. That right there in itself was good, and then it's just like FTR in in, in you know Blackpool Combat Club could be a good tag match. Probably it probably will be. Crowd probably be hot for FTR. Um, you know, I do sometimes wonder though, like, man, like, did we miss out? And this is just me going back months ago, just because I'm like, every time I see FTR and anything that would be cool on paper. I'm like, damn, we missed CMFTR versus the Blackpool Combat Club. That would have been fucking cool. Like, it's gonna haunt me for the So CM Punk wrestles regularly at WWE. Like, damn, man. Like, damn it. Like that collision run that they were having in House of Black, and like, imagine Danielson, Claudio, and fucking Moxley against FTR Punk. Like, that'd have been great. So when I see this, that's the first thing that goes in my mind, like, eh, eh. But where is Where's my guy on here, man? Where that's the one thing you don't know, scram match. Where's my guy? Where's Adam Copeland at? Where's Edge? Where is he? Why is he not? I guess he's in on the yeah, outside he's of the Carolina, Garcia.
1: guy, too. Why?
2: It's weird, like I don't I love understand. The show. Like, I know, I get it. He's Canadian, he's from Canada, he lives in North Carolina, so it's like, and he's been very, very adamant about him living in North Carolina, and that's and how, how he, got it to, yeah, know, he, he got really there, yeah. You know, he got really close to FTR there and, and stuff like that. I mean. I, it's it's weird, it's weird, you know, um, but, once again, I know, you know, you can't get everybody on every show, but I guarantee if you took Chris Jericho out of that Scramble match and put Adam Copeland in there instead, that's a lot better, you know, <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like, you didn't, you could have used Adam Copeland in there, like, people are not clamoring for fucking Chris Jericho, man. I think I want, this is the one thing I don't want to go too much and on AEW personally, but like this is the thing: you don't. We've evolved past it. He was supposed to be off TV for weeks. He's supposed to be on tour with Fozzie. Why are you on this match? Why are you showing up the TV? Stay your ass home. Go on tour, man. Damn, like leave <laughs> us to fuck alone for a week or two, like couple a month. Damn, bro, like we don't need to see you all the time. Like thank th- thankfully this this damn hotel TV in this particular room that I am in does not get TBS. So I have not seen Dynamite. Collision? Yeah, Rampage, sure. It's TNT. Me, I'm in Atlanta, right? TNT is like, you know, TNT, TBS, all this stuff, which is weird that it don't get TBS. But it's like Jericho, come on, bro. Like, are you going to Tony and being like, hey, I think it'd be a cool idea to put me in there. I'll put Warlow over. No, no. If Chris Jericho... Does not eat the pin in this match. He has no purpose in it. And if Chris Jericho wins this match, it's a waste of time. But you brought up something about Will Osprey, big addition in his first singles match as an official member of the AEW roster. It's got to be right up there
1: for me. This and this and a uh, Tony versus Deanna. Um it's Those nice are two matches me. that I'm looking forward to the most. This this to <clears throat> Osprey situation.
2: God damn. <laughs> classic. It has classic written all over it. Um, I mean, the car was already cool before this was announced. And I think that's the funny part. You got like the triple threat, you had the sting and Darby thing, you had uh, you know, Orange Cassie and Ryder Strong. I think it was the I think that was like the first match that was announced, or like the second, the second, you know, second match announced for the car. And then you had Tony and, and Deanna, which has been the last three months. But when I saw this, I was like, damn it, they got me. I was like, they got me. They, they got. I was like, oh, I'm like, fuck revolution. Fuck It's <laughs> like, "No, fuck I'm not watching that shit. Then I saw that and I was like, God damn it. <laughs> like, damn you. Damn you, AW. Damn you, Tony. Like, this first of all, Osprey getting this opportunity. And like, we're gonna be seeing Osprey every single time now. Now now we really get to see Osprey if what Osprey can be in terms of like a television star, you know, in, in professional wrestling. We've not seen him get this opportunity. So I think it actually be pretty cool. Um Takesha is a fucking amazing wrestler. He does so many great things. Um I feel like their their uh chemistry is gonna be through the roof, and I'm expecting a classic. I think. This is probably the match I'm I'm most excited about as as a fan. Um, the second, my second one that I'm excited about is the triple threat match, just because I have I think I have an inclination of how it's gonna how it's gonna go. So, um, I'm 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 looking forward to seeing what Osprey does in his first official pay per view match as a official member of the AEW roster. I thought we might have saw Okada show up. Based on what I was being told, I thought Okada was showing up at Revolution. But I guess they wanted to hold that off. And they're going to show, have him show up here in Atlanta. <laughs> Duluth, of course, or Duluth, if you want to speak with how you pronounce it, um, which is 20 minutes away from me. So, yeah, AEW's bringing Dynamite and I believe Collision? They're doing like a double in back-to-back nights. So you could see Okada on both shows. Okada's gonna be in Atlanta. So is AEW. So am I. Great coincidence. But a lot of no. great
1: stuff. Um yeah. so we, we we've kind of covered the uh the DG uh Christian thing. Yeah. Strap strap our boy up, strap our guy DG up. Yeah. Twofold. <clears throat> One, because that's a great way to elevate a guy who is damn sure ready to get fucking elevated and will do the right things with it, but two, it frees up the patriarchy to go and save these six-man uh-huh. pack titles from the fucking purgatory that they exist in. Just let, just let the patriarchy run that fucking division. Let them carry those belts. Let them make those belts mean something. Again, I am on my bloody fucking knees begging you to fucking do this and move on the six mans are such an afterthought now the whole thing is so tired it's so done
2: there are too and many patriarchy is on
1: fucking fire right now so scrap <laughs> them up with those belts it's two birds with one stone elevate dg who was ready to be elevated put those mm-hmm. six manners on the patriarchy. Let them light that division on fire. I'm begging. There's there's, lots, there's a lot of opportunities on the table to do the right thing here. So please, begging you, Tony. Triple H came in. He took your meal. What are you gonna do about it, Booker of the
2: Year, former Booker of the Year? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, Magic Johnson, Johnson. Uh-uh, Tony, you gotta get him back. You gotta, yeah. go, no, you gotta get you him, gotta back. get him back. Yeah. You gotta get him back. Like you gotta do that because Triple H, WWE right now, they're rolling. Funny thing is, I don't even think their product is that good right now, but they're rolling because you know why? It's the, it's the pre- pre- presentation. It's how you present things. The Rock being back helps. Uh, but. Drew McIntyre becoming a hater, the hater of the year. You know, hey 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 hey. Drew McIntyre becoming that is making Raw even more of like a show you want to watch cuz I definitely did not going to sit through 3 hours of it. But it's like Tony, what are you going to do? WrestleMania has all this momentum behind it right now. What are you going to do? I I there's opportunity for you Tony to do the right thing in so many ways here. Daniel Garcia is champion. Um You have an opportunity if you wanted to, to book your kind of your hottest act in the main event scene in terms of Swerve Strickland. If you want to crown him as champion. I don't think that's going to happen anymore, though, because it's not headlining. I don't think you crown a new champion if the title match is not closing the show. Well, that's my.
1: So do you do you know that? Or is that? Uh, So I think I was going to touch on this, too, as we went on through the show. Um, We we brought it up at the outset like a month ago, and I still strongly believe, strongly believe they should open the show with Sting. Yeah. uh, Open it up. Is that what I know? Give them as much time as they need to do. No rushing whatsoever. It's up to everyone else. To rush, it's up to everyone else to fit their segment and fit their matches into around whatever we need to do to make the Sting Buck
2: situation right. I'll say this: I I feel like they would probably open with Christian versus DG. This is not going off of knowledge completely. This is rumblings what I've heard, um, and I think the talent on the card themselves have said they want Sting to close the show. No. So you better better leave them time then. So how that goes, we'll see. Um I think you might see some some other matches get their time cut, maybe by, like two to three minutes. Say OC and Roder Strong probably get their time cut. There's a there's a small chance FTR and BCC gets two three minutes taken off of their match. Uh, Jericho and Warlow and those guys. By the way, that should I, str- be a short I
1: strongly believe that uh, that uh, Roddy and OC should probably have like like an hour long rematch on Dynamite one night. Like they should do that gimmick where they oh you know the the follow up Dynamite oh rematch for the belt after Roddy beats him on on Sunday rematch for the belt and then like the whole first hour of dynamite is just them going fucking crazy you know what i mean i feel like that would be and then roddy overcoming
2: again and be like damn i I did everything to beat this guy and i couldn't do it like i don't i don't disagree with you but i I do think if it's not like a world title isn't it like a 30 minute time limit or am i am i hearing it wrong am i wrong i mean i I don't changes know. all the time. Or okay, do yeah. a thirty
1: minute one then. You know what I
2: mean? No, like, th- yeah, yeah, like whatever it is. Not nah, that's that's I mean that'd be dope. Like I said, have him go out there and, and put on a, and put on a banger like that. But like I said, I think the that two of those two or three of those matches probably get three or four less minutes. Which if you're OC and Ryder strong, you can go ten you know ten thousand miles per minute and put on a and put on a great eight to twelve minute t- you know pay per view match. That's not you know like I always said, Kurt Angle and Rey Mysterio is the template for a short but great i mean yeah i think man. that that's an opportunity
1: to rebuild roddy as a as a fucking killer so mm-hmm. maybe do a little bit short and be like holy shit like this that's how you you refresh this whole this whole uh undisputed kingdom thing yeah. is you have him come out and look like a fucking killer and be like oh wow he he does have different motivation behind him he does have that juice back like There we go. And then you have the rematch be very long and very competitive. I think something that we hope is going to be very long and very competitive doesn't get its time cut. This Tony storm, Deanna Perrazzo match has the opportunity to be the high water mark of the AEW women's division ever. In my opinion, a great story behind it Two good characters of uh, Tony storms, a top five character in the industry right now. Phenomenal, Mm -hmm. both great workers This has the opportunity to do big, big things for this division. I'm so excited for this match.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think they've done amazing work with the character of Tony Storm. Uh, Mariah May being there uh, has a great element to it. Deanna has been great in her role. Um, I don't see a new champion here. I think they've still got a little bit more legs on the Tony thing, and I think the Mariah May breakup is very, very near, so... Um, and Mariah Mays getting over in, in, in what she does too. So I think that's the next step. Uh, unless of course the elephant in the room of big business comes in and wants that title, which we shall see. So, um, definitely looking forward to that match. I think Tony, uh, and Deanna can go out there and I think they're motivated to go out there on a card this stacked and showed the fuck out. So definitely looking forward to that match. Um, in general, I think Revolution is just a just a really stacked pay-per-view, and it's an opportunity for AEW to get that momentum back where it needs to be. And because right now it's it's hard to compete with the great one and the the and people's we're gonna, champ. Gonna talk about that oh, right out of the gate.
1: You all saw the Rocks 15-minute promo that was posted to social media, which I must say, like, this is so
2: this actually 21 this whole actually, thing, is so, the full this whole thing is
1: so great, because this fucking guy is having so much goddamn fun doing this that he's out here just cutting 20-minute promos uh, for free, for fun, and posting it on social media
2: <laughs> just killing it Guy's just board yes,
1: just killing bucket. it and I want to point out that basically every major point that this podcast has made about this whole thing since mm-hmm. it started, the rock confirmed mm-hmm. during that promo. Mm-hmm. Everything that we have said from the beginning got confirmed that this was that the the Rock Roman match was always the plan. That was the reason they did it on January 1st. There was a reason Roman's been getting called the head of the table. It was their story to complete. Um, that you all are absolute fucking goofies for sitting there trying to, oh, this is a power play because he was a board member. Duh, 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 duh. Fucking absurd from day one. He really covered it all in that promo. We were Absolutely. right about everything, and if we didn't have any inside info. We're just not fucking idiots. So I would request in the future for all of you to take a step back and just wait a minute when you're watching wrestling. And then let it all play out. Night, is what
2: they say, right? <laughs> go <laughs> and as he
1: out. and as he said. If you can't
2: do that, please go home and smoke some more crack. Like he yes. said last well, night. Nice. Like like Glendale, Arizona was cheering for me. <laughs> I was oh, cheering for this. Oh like, my gosh. And what I was like, what what's so fans are fucking stupid, man? It's so dumb. It's so dumb. I love I love that though. I love and, and I you know the one thing I will say, there the rock being back and being this way, it shows the difference in the fan base now than prior because 98% of the people that I see on my timeline absolutely love what rock is doing. But then you scroll through the, uh, the the like the WWE feed and see some of the comments. The people that rock are like shitting on fan wise. They're like, ah, oh, twenty minute promos. Who has time for that? And I'm thinking it's WWE. They do this like every fucking week. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you just you hating on Rock when Rock is entertaining the shit out of everybody else. There is,
1: though- there was, just layers of. Fucking masterpiece to that promo last night. Because Mm -hmm. speaking of things that we've brought up, there was multiple things that we have brought up over the weeks that were either addressed or hit upon in that promo. Outside of the funny ass, you know, the entertainment, the lines that were fantastic, the bars, almost getting solo to break character and laugh in the middle of the ring, which had me crying laughing. The Right, because we mentioned, hey, if he keeps doing this, if he keeps being cool, he's going to fucking
2: turn, Mm -hmm.
1: just going to flip back around. He's going to turn it back onto Cody. And then The Rock went out there, and he was right on the verge of it, and then he turned it back around, back onto himself. Act like a coward. Act, refused to give him the match. Acted like a blowhard. Got the heat back on him because he knew that that was coming. Furthermore, and honestly, I kind of didn't like how on the nose it was, but we ended up being right again, where I have mentioned on here and you have agreed. I said, you watch, they're planting seeds where Roman is not going to like feeling like he's second fiddle in this. He's not going to like that. He's a little cousin. They are doing that on purpose. I said that, and you said, you're damn right they are. And then last night they went fully into it where Roman was visibly pissed about all the attention being on the rock visibly had to kind of, uh, ride bitch and, Oh no, we're not leaving. We have to wait for him to come out. Um, and you know, had the rock again, rock, getting the heat back on him, had the rock acknowledge him as the head of the table, tribal chief, um, because he's feeling fucking jealous. There's, there's so much to unpack. The stipulation. everybody what do you think of the stipulation what do you think of these layers that they're building in here Like, I'm going to just... tell you man I'm going to tell you the rock those stipulations they built in there's so many fucking directions that they could go with it so many is this a ploy is the rock doing this on he, purpose is he secretly going to fuck him and make it so there's no bloodline help is it going to go the other way around is Roman going to fuck the rock And say, I don't need the bloodline. I'm the tribal chief. I will win. Is Cody and Seth just going to win? Straight up. No bullshit. And then Cody gets his shot against Roman. No help. Are they going to have Cody and Seth lose? So that Cody is put into peril. And everybody thinks, oh, fuck, they're going to lose. Like, he's going to lose tomorrow night. Like, there's so many different fucking ways it could go.
2: It is so good. If you think that Cody and Roman last year was overbooked <laughs> you better hold on to your horses because this year you are going to see the we all know Romans are gonna pull up overbooked the, anyway the
1: the Barnum and Bailey the the fucking dub the,
2: the big time circus. Be, <laughs> it's gonna be insane because the last the last moment you're gonna see after Cody walks up the ramp, with his belts or belt. The rock is going to probably lay out Roman Reigns with a rock bottom. And that's going to be your ending moment of night two. Because Roman's going to let the family down. Rock's going to touch him on his face. And he's going to say something like, You might have been the tribal chief, but I'm the high chief, or some shit like that, some dumb shit like that. And he's going to lay him out. And what that's going to do, WrestleMania oh, 41 is going to be in Las Vegas. They're going to yep. set a whole year in motion. Yeah, we're going to do all that. Yeah. And I'll tell you what. Tell you what. Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to be at WrestleMania 40, damn it. No. I believe it. I believe it. I believe we're going to get CM Punk and Stone Cold Steve Austin next year at WrestleMania in Vegas. You think Stone Cold is going to be a WrestleMania that could be possibly it's potentially in Vegas? If Because trust me, if it was in Minnesota completely, they would have confirmed it by now. They haven't confirmed it. They rumored. They have not confirmed it. Long game, as The Rock said, long game. You do a press conference the weekend of the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Why? Why yeah. would you do that? Yeah. Rock's a board member. TKO probably said Minnesota. Who the hell was it going to go to Minnesota? <laughs> Make yeah, it a hot TK- spot destination.
1: TKO loves themselves some, some Las Vegas.
2: Got to roll with the hot one. And I mean, they're already, I mean, Philly is a great, you know, Philly, like next to New York on the East Coast, there's probably no better city in the East Coast that probably didn't Philly to do a WrestleMania. So that was already in place. But what's your next logical step after Philly? Las Vegas. You already did LA. You already did Cali. Gotta go back out like the way, like Las Vegas deserves a WrestleMania. Las Vegas just got a Super Bowl. Las Vegas gets every, it's Las Vegas. They have teams Real. now. They have sports teams now. They have everything now. So you go there, you lose your money, <laughs> you know, go there, lose your money, walk the strip, buy whatever you you might want to buy while you're there and go to WrestleMania. It's perfect. Perfect weekend for uh. uh I'm not going to lie. Wrestling fans have already had Las Vegas trips to go to double or nothing. Um, And I think that's a precedent for 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 double or nothing to be at what T-Mobile Arena uh, in Vegas. AEW does T-Mobile Arena for WWE to go for WrestleMania is 80,000, 90,000 in Vegas. Unheard of. Like, amazing. So I think what The Rocks did in that promo, he showed you how to reel you in, push you back out, reel you back in, push you back out again. It's It's toying with the fans' emotions, knowing your audience and knowing where to go. The Rock has always been one of the best to do that. He is still one of the best to do that, <laughs> and nothing's changed. And that's what I love the most about watching Rock at work uh, with with his promos. It's, it's masterful. It is like even him doing the twenty minute promo in the ring, twenty minute promo on Instagram and Twitter. What that is is he. It's him feeding into what you think of him. The audacity for this guy to think we want to listen to him for 20 minutes and talk about this, that, and the other. The audacity of him to think that we wanted that. Yes! Yes, the audacity of him because he is The Rock! This is what he does. And that is, like, it's just... And Roman has looked like little bro this entire time. And he looked no less than little bro again. The Rock acknowledging him And smirking after very small details. He smirks. He hugs him. Look at Roman's face when he hugs him. It's like, ah, you accept me. You see me. Thanks, big bro. Thanks, big bro. Yeah, that's my big. Yeah, big bro. Yeah. That's what it felt like. It felt like you're the little guy. I need the big guy to acknowledge me. And we know Rock ain't ain't no follower, man. It's The Rock. The same guy who's flexing his power is behind this guy who said, I need you to acknowledge me. So you're about to see the next two, three weeks of them together. They're going to be in the back talking and Rock's going to be there like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then slowly but surely, you're going to see the cracks. And when we get to WrestleMania, I believe Cody and Seth are losing. And I believe The Rock is going to pin Seth. I 100% believe that is going to happen. And I think why that has to happen is because I fully believe they're going to eventually set up something where this this four-man group sees each other throughout the year in some way, shape, or form. I don't think The Rock and Cody story is over after
1: WrestleMania either. I, I I think Cody's going to defend the belt against The Rock.
2: Yeah, I think that's the SummerSlam thing that you can run with. Because I mean, I don't think Rock's wrestling at like Money in the Bank or like Backlash. No. no, no. So what that does, is it also gives Rock six months to prepare for uh, a singles match, which allows him to get his his win back. And like he's already looking like he slimmed down a little bit, like a yeah. He definitely bit. does. He definitely does. You know. So it's like you can tell he's taking this seriously. And I don't know what his movie roles are. I know he had a couple movie roles coming up and stuff like that. I obviously the UFL. Um, It's something he has coming up. So I think the sp- spring will be dominated by that. But he's locked in. And I think this gives Rock what he always wanted. He still has his Hollywood career. He still can shoot his movies. But he has an excuse now to come back to wrestling. And he also, if he wanted to, wanted to wrestle, he can do that. He's wanted to do that. But, you know, Lloyds, it was Lloyd's of London and all those people, they, they put in your contract when you're uh, an actor – you can't get physical. You can't wrestle. Now he's a board member. He's the big boss. He can do all of these things and think nothing of it. And he has his own production company to where now if he wants to say, I want to wrestle, he can do that. So how lucky are we, though, as fans, right? How lucky are we that for WrestleMania 40, SummerSlam 41, we're getting a rock? In huge matches, we're getting a rock in a tag match against Cody and Seth. We're getting a rock and Roman Reigns eventually. Rock versus Cody Rhodes. We would have a year ago. All we thought was if Rock came back, he's doing the one match with Roman, and we don't even know if he's going to do that. Now we're getting heel Rock. We're getting a shred. like this. And in some ways, Cody Crybabies, as he calls them, you are to thank for this. Thank you, actually. Yep you pieces of shit (laughs) thank you you pieces of shit like (laughs) like i hate y'all but thank you because we were so close to getting you know you ain't the head of the table your head's up your candy ass and i don't want to hear that shit i ain't want to hear that shit now we get rock who can come out there like first of all rocks out there in the shirts with the pants on he's looking like 99 rock man like that like like i love that like god it's like this era right here, what we're doing, we're getting so much nostalgia, right? Nostalgia in the midst of of the current stuff. Like Sting is retiring and about to go out there and have a fucking crazy match. Who and will Sting actually wrestle in his his regular suit and not in a and not in a t shirt? Could we see that? Rock is back and he's looking like 1999. Stone Cold Steve Austin has said several times recently that he's considering another match. Like nostalgia is beautiful in this sense. Because, man, we have not seen The Rock like this, honestly, since 2003. It's been a long time, man. Like, this is not team bring it. This is not, you know, we, we bring it worldwide. The Rock has said several times, professional wrestling. Remember when WWE couldn't even say that shit? When we talk about restoring the feeling, that is restoring the damn feeling, man. That is... Like, I was excited watching SmackDown. I've not been excited watching SmackDown in years. And that just goes to show how well this has been done. And I'm going to tell you, WWE has been carried before the return of, like, a punk. And, you know, they have been carried by the Bloodline storyline. That is what brought people back into watching it was the Bloodline storyline. The Sami Zayn stuff, the Jey Uso stuff. They've made star a star solo star out of Jay Uso. Roman Reigns has been the the, the the reign supreme of the company. They've had Cody Rhodes get his brush with, with that too. All of that stuff. This is carrying the WWE. And I say that to say WrestleMania has also an opportunity to be an amazing show. Bailey. And that's, I mean, first of all, I just want to say that Bailey shit was just so terrible because you saw it coming a mile away with Dakota Kai turning on Bailey. But that feud, that match, has some some oomph to it. And if you didn't see, Jade Cargill had a little moment with Damage Control. Looks like there might be something there. Could we see Jade? Could we see? You know, Jay help out Bailey. Could we get the Bianca Jay versus the Kabuki Warriors? Could we get a little something going on? There's some stuff there, man.
1: There's something
2: there.
1: There's a lot there. Wrestling is on fire, and it's only going to get into more of an inferno over this weekend, between Friday, between Sunday. My goodness. Uh, We here on DAR Sports Media, we love being a part of the Inferno. We got some big guests coming down the way here soon. Uh, Please check out our ever-expanding sports pods. Um, Again, still looking for an MLB correspondent, looking for an NHL correspondent. We might have some big news about something that we're involved in uh, coming up real soon. Uh, Within the next few days, one would hope. Uh, Otherwise, man, check out our sports stuff. Be on the lookout world of pro wrestling the world of dar never stops